What's up, family? We are here. This is the Truth and Transparency Podcast. I am your host, Minister Matt, and I am so thankful that you decided to tune in today. And if you clicked on this by mistake, that was the Holy Spirit. Stick around. Truth and Transparency. What is that? Truth. We believe that's the Word of God also known as Jesus Christ. Transparency. We're going to be as open, as see-through, as genuine as possible. It's more than time for us to start being more transparent on our walk with God. I know we got some heat cooking today. I can feel it. I hope you can feel it. Let's get straight into it. Let's go. What's going on, family? Here we are, episode two. We're back. Um, And it's not just me this time. We have a very special guest, a very special guest, um, who hopefully won't be a guest. But, you know, for right now, we'll just stick with that. We have Morgan Jones here with me. Morgan Jones is an amazing woman from Baltimore, Maryland, now residing in Detroit, Michigan, in law school. But ultimately, she's just a devoted woman of God, child of God, um, committed, compassionate, caring, just the overall amazing person. So I'm excited that she's on this episode, um, and I'm excited that she's going to share her thoughts today um, for our topic of the day. Uh, Anything you want to say before we get into the topic? No, I'm not sure I've ever had an introduction done for me before, but that was really great. I'm just happy to be here, and I'm excited. I, you know, that's what I do. I produce <laughs> greatness. So, you know, any introduction that I give, it's got it's to be great. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, well, let's dive into it. Our topic for today is Jesus without the church. Uh, and when I, when I say that, I, in my mind, I'm thinking about, um, the many times I've heard people say personally or just this overall narrative I know of, of people who consider themselves spiritual um, and have this personal relationship with God or with Jesus, but choose to stay away from the church um, for whatever reason that may be. And I, I've been hearing this a lot, and I know that is a common thing in American Christianity. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I know it's a, a popular saying here. Um, So I just wanted to touch on that today and see if we could maybe dive into whether that's the right stance to take, the wrong stance to take. Maybe why do people feel that way? Um, And yeah, let's see where this goes. I'm excited to actually bring this topic up to light. So is there anything, Morgan, um, just your first thoughts on such a topic? How do you feel? Or, you know, what comes to mind? Well, the first thing that I thought of, and I know how important it is when you approach subjects to really consider what anybody could be thinking, whether or not they know God or they don't, or where they fall in their maturity when it comes to faith in Christ. But I thought, well, what do you mean by the church? Because to somebody on one end, you could mean church as in the visible, actual building where people go on a Sunday. And then to somebody else, you could mean the body of Christ. And so I think that those are very two different things and that we should just discuss those and why, you know, why that really does change. Because you could yeah. say Jesus apart from church, 
and then Jesus apart from the body of Christ. And I think that changes things. That's a good point. So I'm glad you brought that up. Let's, we might as well start by defining church. I think that's a good place to start based off of what you're saying. So let's start with, um, you kind of pointed out something that many people would call the difference between the organism and the organization. Uh, the, the difference between the church and the church, <laughs> the local church. So uh, I think it's safe to say that when we're referring to the local church, we're talking about like the buildings you see on every corner, right? We're talking about uh, there's a variety of denominations um, in the midst of Christianity, in the midst of religion, period. I mean, those places of worship are referred to as churches, right? Mm -hmm. But when we look in the Bible, we're not ever, I think it's safe to say, we're not ever referring to the organization of a local building in the Bible when we're talking church. When Jesus first brought up the church, uh, upon this rock I build my church, he's referring to the body of Christ, right? Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I like your point because I think it's important to distinguish the two, but ultimately I don't. I think that the fact that we distinguish the two is almost part of the problem, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately they're supposed to be one and the same. If there's a difference between what Jesus viewed as the church and what we view as the church, then ultimately there's a disconnect between what God intended for and what we intend for. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a good point. I think right. when people bring that up, uh, I don't, when people say, you know, I'm not all for the church, you know, I, I got my personal relationship with God, but I'm not I'm not for the church. I think ultimately there's a you, there's a um, like a misconception of what church is, like you stated. And then ultimately, I think uh, I think they're always implying the local church. Do you think that's the case or do you think something otherwise? No, I definitely think that that's the case because they're, well, first, I think to even answer the, I don't know if it's really a question we're trying to answer, but to discuss this topic, I think you first have to recognize that there is no physical church without talking about the whole entire unifying body of Christ, mm -hmm. that it all goes together and it shouldn't be separated, but people do, they do separate it. And I think there's a different calling when you recognize that we're not really talking about just the physical, visible church. I think there's a different calling that comes with recognizing that you are a part of the body of Christ, that then Definitely. you would realize, oh, well, I've recognized the calling that there isn't being a part of the body of Christ. And that would then lead you to joining a physical church that's in your area. But good point. That's a great point. Uh, let's touch on, hmm, what should we touch on? Let's touch on the validity of such a comment. Uh, when someone says, I have a relationship with God, I have my own relationship with God, I don't need the church, or I'm not for the church, there has to be some validity there. There has to be something that holds weight that statement because I hear it so much. I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah. I think it's a pretty common thing. Um, so for, for it to not be a unique case, there has to be something there. And what, what do you think people are implying in, in such a statement? 
I think, and I'm trying not to be super, super deep. But of course, when you when you first right, get said as it, deep as you want. <laughs> this is truth and transparency. Get as deep as you want to go. Well, I was thinking, like, okay, you know, in the Old Testament, you had to go to a temple really if you wanted to have any type of interaction with God, or really, we weren't the ones to interact with God. But if you wanted to experience God, preached. right, you would go to the temple. And now we. Right. New Testament. We have Jesus. We can be with God wherever and the Holy Spirit resides in us. So on one hand, I think there is some validity to that statement. Yes, you can have a relationship with Jesus without being a part of an actual church. But then it just to me. And by church, you're saying local. And by church. Yes. I mean, being a part of a local church, I do believe that you can have a relationship with God without being a part of a local church. But I do believe that at some point in your relationship with God, that is a decision that you're going to have to make if you would like to increase in your faith and in your maturity in Christ and different things like that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, And ultimately, I agree with you. But at the same time, I also think the more that you love Jesus, the more that you're in a relationship with Jesus, the relationship you claim to have, right? How do you show that relate? Like, how do you show that love? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the the more you grow in love with Him and know Him, how could you possibly do that without fully giving in to what He requires or um, this walk? of Christianity and following Jesus, being an example like Jesus. When we see that Jesus is all about community, all about relationship. So I think it's hard. On one hand, I think it's an excuse, sad to say. I think sometimes it's an excuse to say, kind of to get people off your back. You know what I mean? Like usually when people like me come around or whoever asks, asks a question, somebody who's like, you know, a devout Christian, somebody who's professing or proclaiming a faith, much like you, when you, I think it's a, a like a way to, to avert from getting any deeper on a topic mm-hmm. or um, truly expressing how you feel, because it's really contradictory, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, I have my personal relationship with the head of the body, so I don't need the body, mm-hmm. although I'm a part of that body. Yeah, and I mean, I know people who have been hurt by people at church so now they don't want to be a part of a church and that's what i want to get into yeah so the second part of that statement um of i got jesus i'm with jesus but i don't really rock with the church let's just take some time and break that down why don't people again because it's it's a case that's not unique it's Mm -hmm. a common situation it's a common phrase that we hear why overall don't people, and if, even if you have any personal experience, I know I've had some, but why don't people rock with the church? Or why don't people, uh, for, you know, people who don't, may not understand what rock with me, why why don't people see themselves as part of a church body? What's the problem with it or the problems they see with the church? Oh, I feel like there's so many problems, but I think I have three in my head. I might forget one, but I think first is... Well, yeah, you know, three three is a magic number. When preachers preach, they want to have three points. So you go ahead and preach to me. Well, look, no, number one, I <laughs> think it's the fact that a lot of Christians try and portray themselves as perfect or that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yes, I was once a sinner, but now, you know, 
I don't do anything wrong. I don't sin anymore. And there's this just hypocritical nature that a lot of Christians hold. So I think people don't, they don't want to be around that. And they don't want to seem like, oh, I have all these problems and everybody acts like they don't have problems. So I don't want to go to church because that's all it is. And they're judging me. I think it's that. And I also think it's a matter of duty, like feeling like, oh, I have to do some things. Like if I'm a part of a church, I'm going to be required to do this. I'm going to be required to do that. And I'm saying this from speaking to younger people, feeling like it's all about doing stuff. You know, it's not really about that relationship. And then also, I think money. That wasn't my Mm. third one. I forgot. I knew I was going to forget, but that one just came to me. I think Mm. money is a big reason people don't want to go to church. They don't want to tithe and they believe that it's just a way, another way for somebody else to take their money. Amen. I'm sure you got somebody out there saying, amen. Like, go on and preach, sister. I like that last one. Um, but the last one, I think the money one, that's a big one because I was just talking about this with somebody, but we naturally, we place value. Like we're willing to spend on anything we find valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. So ultimately, I think with the money issue, um, I think it comes down to value. I think it comes down to I don't value God enough or I don't value this local church body enough um, to continuously give. Well, can you explain why we should be giving That's, or where tithing comes from? Yeah. And part of this, I do want to add um there are, unfortunately, there are some churches that um, are not about the full and perfect gospel of Jesus Christ. There are exploiters who claim to be Christians, who claim to be pastors, who claim to be churches. And there are cases when, you know, people are really being exploited out there. money. So I'm not saying that everybody is crazy in that situation. But ultimately, it's all about. Um, do you put more trust and faith in God or more trust and faith in where your dollar is going towards, right? Uh, but I, we can touch on that later. Um, the importance of giving or the tithing, is that what you're yeah. referring to? Because some people truly don't know and they get to a church mm-hmm. that doesn't explain it. They don't, they're not referencing any scripture or anything. They're just saying, oh, now the offering bucket is coming around. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's get some money. And it's kind of well, like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Right. And so I just think it's important that if we're going to bring up the topic, we should at least discuss, you know, why do we tithe? That's a great point. And I think that might actually have to be a whole nother podcast episode because you can get really in deep. But generally, I'll say that uh, tithing and offering you see all throughout scripture from Old Testament through the New Testament. Um, Ultimately, it's a heart thing, right? Anything, again, like what I said, we're willing to give what we find is valuable towards anything that we find valuable, right? So, like, you could definitely give me the offering plate, and I can give you pennies, no doubt, because I don't mean anything to me. If I got a couple pennies or if I found a couple at Target and I picked them up, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who pick up pennies at Target. But anyways, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's not valuable towards you necessarily. Right. But... You know, when we start talking like, okay, can we give in faith today? Maybe push yourself, maybe stretch yourself to do a little bit more than you, you're used to doing. 
then I start becoming hesitant or I start thinking that the church wants all my money or the pastor just want to ride around in a beautiful car or get a jet on my expense. That's when we come into a heart issue. What tithing is, tithing is giving a tenth of your income, a tenth of your earnings back to God. And it's mm-hmm. the first tenth, which is important, right? Because you can get paid today. And, you know, so you get a check of $1,500 today. And, you know, six days from now, you had about, it's Saturday, uh, guys, it's Saturday uh, right now. And so say you get paid today. And by this time next week, that $1,500 is now down to $50. Mm-hmm. And then you go to church that Sunday. I'm like, okay, let me tithe and give 10% of my $50, right? That That's not what God is requiring. He doesn't want a tenth of our last. He wants a tenth of our first mm-hmm. all the time. And ultimately, when we think about all that God gives us, all that God does for us, we know that it's all his, right? So what's the point of a tenth? Because a tenth really isn't that big of a deal. You know, if I got $10, What's, what is it giving you a dollar? That's right. nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, God requires that because it's an issue of the heart. It's simply an issue of the heart. It's, are you willing to give unto me, to give back to me what I've given to you? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not asking you for all of it. I'm not asking you to give it all away. Um, but I, I really just want to check your heart. Are you willing to be obedient to my command? Are you willing to recognize that the more you income, the more you realize that this is God's money. This is God's income, his possessions, and I'm going to give it back to him. So that's that's what a tithe is really all about. It's an it's a issue of the heart. Am I willing to be obedient unto God? And again, we see that all throughout scripture. He's asked for a tenth. He asked for a tenth of the income uh, or the tenth of the possessions of the Israelites when they're in the wilderness, all the way through to Paul even talks about tithing. Um, so you see it all throughout scripture. And then another thing I like to add before we move on is that tithing and offering are generally different, right? I know that's mm-hmm. another comic thing that's uh, confusing, but that's, again, this, we could really get into yeah, it. We-, <laughs> we could, but I'll just say tithing is that tenth and offering is pretty much anything beyond that tenth. And well, I'll leave it at that. All right. But yes, I definitely just wanted to say, I think money is a big reason that people don't go to church. That's fair. What were the other two? Uh, judging and feeling like people, ju- feeling judged and like mm-hmm. people and Christians are hypocritical. Wow. That's big. That's big. I think judgment yeah. I is think that's huge. Yeah. That's got to be like number one. Yeah. Judgment. That, man, it, <laughs> there's not too many places you can go outside of a church to be judged so harshly. Yeah. Like there's a lot of churches where judging is just the order of the day, no matter what. Yeah. Um, so that's big. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with, first of all, it's a group of people, right? The local church gathering is a group of people. Certain things you're going to run into, no matter yeah. what you call what this event is. And I don't want to interrupt you, but you know, I was forgetting my last statement. I don't want to forget this one, but there's something about, people's perception it just changes when they think of the church oh we serve a perfect god all y'all need to be perfect too it's like mm-hmm. no we're still people things are going to happen regardless okay we are imperfect people right. but it's like when people come to the church or when they get to know the people in the church they expect something totally and completely different because we're saying that we believe in jesus and because we serve god you know yeah that's so i think perfectionism and judgment really go hand in hand 
Because the only way you could really judge is because you're putting on this persona that you're perfect in that area. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, let's just say for a light example, if I don't like the way you come dressed in a church, your dress is too low. The only reason I could judge you is because I think that I'm dressed perfectly. I think God accepts what I got on completely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm in here with a low skirt, too, that I think, well, you know, not me, but you get my point. Um, So I think part of judgment, and all of this is a heart thing, by the way, but let's talk, let's get transparent. Why not? Let's have a transparent moment. Is there a time that you can recall where... um, Either you've questioned your place in the church, or maybe you've been through any of these things you just mentioned, judgment or perfectionism, uh, or the monetary issue. Maybe you've seen that. But is there any, like, personal testimony you could give to that? Um, I feel like this is putting myself on blast. And it's actually <laughs> not something someone did to myself. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm going to speak from a different perspective. Uh-huh. But kind of coming to church, she's like, man, I know God can solve this problem. Can't nobody else do anything with me or this but God. And I come to the church and, you know, you start to hear stuff or you start to see some stuff. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I came here to get help and y'all don't seem like y'all been helped. It's all this stuff going on. And it was me on my part making an assumption or a judgment. And I'm not even sure what I was well, clearly, I must have been judging somebody, but it was me thinking, okay, how in the world am I supposed to get help? How is God supposed to help me? Y'all been here 20 years and still have this mess. Mm. And I don't know what, I don't know if that's really what you were asking for, but that was transparent. So yeah, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. It's good to be transparent. And part of that is realizing that I think our perspective or perception of the church has to change. Yeah. But the church is ultimately like a hospital, right? If right. I walk in, if I'm sick and I walk in and everybody else is healthy, then I kind of feel out of place. Maybe, maybe I'm at the wrong hospital. You know what I mean? Like maybe this is uh, the after, not the before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I came on the wrong side, you know? So I think part of it is like your perspective, your perception walking in um, of what you're receiving. But part of it is also realizing that uh, we're all on a journey, an individual, but yet collective journey. Um, and your walk with Christ, it's not going to be the same as my walk of Christ. Okay. And things aren't just parallel. Like uh, if if you have a problem cussing, like you're a person who cusses all the time, and I don't have that problem, that doesn't necessarily make me further along in Christ than you. Because I might have a problem with pornography and masturbation or sex in general, mm-hmm. right? Like that. But I think, uh, you know, like that doesn't just come to the forefront when I walk in church, right? It's clear that you are talking slowly, trying to <laughs> correct yourself. That's I have a hidden issue. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, we can never judge based off of, um, you know, we can't judge each other's walk in Christ based off of our own perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that's big. That plays a part in judgment. plays right. a part in perfectionism. Yeah. And I think what I said also is just a reflection on people thinking that once you – accept Jesus into your life and you begin on the path with God that suddenly your life is just going to change, that everything's just going to be better automatically. And I think people believe that too. And I think that might be one thing that honestly might, from conversations that I've had with friends, might drive people away from church after a while if they feel like their situation isn't changing within the amount of time that they want it to be changed. That was random, but it came to my mind. And No, that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, why? If again, it goes back to value. Mm-hmm. Am I getting a valuable? 
And I hate to say that. Am I getting a valuable experience? Because that's not what you're at church for ultimately. Yeah. You should be you should be thinking of how can I give, not how can I get. But um, that definitely plays a part in it. And I think sound doctrine really plays a, a huge role over all of this. Yeah. Um, no matter how, no matter what you walk in thinking, no matter what you what your experience is in coming in or your past experience in church, ultimately finding out the truth about the gospel, the truth about Christianity in general provides a lot of answers to questions you might not even know you had, right? Like perfectionism, when you realize the sound doctrine would tell you that Christianity is all about the fact that we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the reason we have Jesus Christ, the reason we're in a relationship with him where he had to come down here, die for the sake of our sins is because we were sinful to begin with. Right. It's because we chose to separate ourselves from God. And even now, we don't all accept him because we still choose to reject him. Uh, so perfectionism really has no place because it makes no sense. It's, it's a contradiction yeah. to Christianity. Judgment, same thing. Wow, judgment is, uh, and for it to be so big, like, man, it, I hear about it all. And I've experienced it. Yeah. I've had my moments where I'm being judged. Um, I've had moments where I've judged others. Mm -hmm. Because part of it is human inclination. Part, you're going to judge anyone you see. So wait a minute. Are you giving a transparent moment of an experience? That I, that I, I'll, I'll share how I've been judged. I'm okay. Not, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure I've judged people. Um, and sad to say, right, like sometimes. Yes, I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's part of just where we are in society, right? So if someone comes into church um, and seems kind of, uh, what's the best way to say it? Seems kind of like they don't fit. Mm -hmm. Then I I have to start judging. Part of it is unfortunately for safety reasons, right? Like do I, um, not only, I, when I say unfit, I don't mean like everybody's in like suits and dresses and this person is in some jeans. I mean like maybe this is a person who seems a little mentally unstable um, or a person who seems just running for some reason um, or just like not all the way there mm -hmm. right now I have to judge not that I have to but uh, I'm going to judge because I need to assess the situation and make sure that you know this ultimately this is a church and on a Sunday morning there's no place that's more you know prepared for being under attack or no place that's more attacked on like a Sunday morning right. than a church, especially with all the shootings and everything we got going on. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure this case is a lot more, you know, uh, less holy than that where I've judged other people. Um, but I'm no, I've been judged and I've faced that and I faced the weight of debating whether um, I wanted to go to church or I wanted to take a break from church or whether this was real, like maybe we were missing some points or something when it comes from the Bible to reality. Like maybe something isn't clicking because from judgment, ultimately, I mean, the way some people yeah. talk to me or look at me uh, when I come in in a short sleeve shirt and you can see tattoos. I've heard some of the darnest comments from that. Um, my hairstyles, I've had hairstyles where people, like when I finally cut my hair off, mm -hmm. you don't know how many people came up to me. People I don't even really know. It was like, I'm so glad you cut that nasty <laughs> stuff up there. 
That's not funny. Excuse me, who are you talking to? (laughs) Okay, so we talked about a lot of people saying, you know, I don't need to go to church. I, whatever, don't need it. So you being a part of a local church, being a believer, what would you say to that? (laughs) You know, what would you say? Actually, I'm glad you're getting us back on track. Um, (laughs) Ultimately, that's a great question. I would say, first of all, can we get biblical? Can we bring the Bible in? The Bible tells us in Hebrews not to forsake the gathering. Hebrews 10, like 24. Not to forsake the gathering of believers. And that's ultimately a scripture many people bring up for a subject like this, you know, church or no church or online church or whatever. Um, But just all throughout scripture, there's community. Mm -hmm. The community plays a big part in Christianity. It is called on our lives just to go out and make disciples of all nations. It's hard to do that when you buy yourself with a laptop on a Sunday for two hours. You can't, you know, I don't know if you if you got enough in you to do that. But. Let me get back to my point. To answer your question, what I would tell someone who who brings that up um, is don't let either your personal experiences with the local church or even experiences that you witnessed, right? Because some people, if we're going to keep it a buck, some people don't go to church because they've seen how much the church drained their mother, mm-hmm. right? They grew up with their mother. They lived poor but yet they see that their mother gave money every single week to that church and nothing changed, nothing happened for them. Um, There was kind of like this blind faith, um, this blind commitment, you know, like kids are like, we're struggling, but yet you want me to serve a God that's great. You want me to serve a God that you call is perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, we we can't dismiss that. That's a real situation. Um, But I think, to ultimately answer your question, first of all, don't let that experience or don't let that uh, preconceived notion be your your ultimate truth. Yeah. Explore scripture for yourself. Uh, explore other options, but don't let that be your truth. Don't be stuck holding that that weight, that hurt, because God doesn't want you to hold that. Because God loves you. He loves you right where you are. He loves you how you are. Don't he look really at me like does. that. <laughs> he really, really does. <laughs> and if you truly desire that relationship, if you truly desire that to know God intimately, God is there. God wants you more than you want it. Like God really wants that intimate relationship with you. And part of reading the scriptures and getting to know God for yourself, that's the biggest key is knowing Jesus for yourself. You're going to realize that you're going to have this this desire to be part of community. And I'll just add real quick that when I even when I talk about the church, I look at it from the eyes of basketball. You know, I think you can sum up everything with basketball, the greatest sport known to man, <laughs> also known to Jesus. He loves basketball more than Not- football. Um, so let's look at church as a game, like part of the basketball game when the team is out on the court. And the best part, the the sport we're playing is Christianity, right? And in order to win, in order to even be efficient as a team, we have to work as a team. My role on the team might be the ball handler. Um, You might be pick and roll. You might be on a post. Point guard? 
There, yes, there's also yeah. there's good. I'm a point guard. Yes, there. I know. <laughs> point guard, yeah, point great, guard. Girl, I know. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> there's so many different roles, right? In order for this team to succeed, uh, everyone has to play their part and have to play their part to the best of their ability. Knowing that by them playing their part, they're helping out their teammates to ultimately win the goal, right? And the, to win the game. In the game, the goal is to create as many disciples as possible to, you know, be submitted to God completely, to truly experience his love and grace eternally. The goal is to be with him for all eternity. We we don't get there without one another. We don't win this game without one another. So church is like when 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 you huddle, when you have to take a pause in the game and you have to huddle up to have a word from the coach to get in for the next game, that huddle is church, right? In this huddle, I could tell you, I know you missed your last few shots, but keep shooting. I promise they're going in. I know you're struggling right now, but look, just stay in the game. Keep your head up. You know what I mean? You get to help me. You get to motivate me or you get to correct me, right? That's a big part of love that we don't Mm -hmm. like to talk about. Like, look, you keep driving to the right or you keep dribbling the ball to the like, right. You can't shoot. You need a <laughs> you need to do something else. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you if you need to be benched. No more You need shooting. to bench yourself for some time. Wow. But no, seriously. So you might you can correct me because ultimately you corrected me. I know it's out of love because we both have the common goal of winning the game. So I know you're not correcting me out of shade, out of hate, because you want to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You're correcting me out of love. That's the, a huge part. And just communication, right? Like when we huddle together, that's how we know what the next play is. That's how we know our strategy until the next time out or until the halftime or end of the game. That's that's where strategy comes into play. It takes that camaraderie of the huddle. And also while we're in the huddle, we still get the we get to talk to one another. I get to uplift you. You can correct me. We get to communicate, make sure we're all on the same page. But we also get to listen to the coach. We get our, our next play from the coach. Mm-hmm. That play, that coach, that's the pastor, right? Your pastor every week is giving you a new play for the week. You can look at it like that. He's giving you a word that you need to internalize. But now you need to get back out there and play the game. And now you need to be able to get back out there and spread the same word that you just took in, the same words that he that he gave you, right? So that coach is important. You're not winning a game without the coach. You're not winning a game without your teammates. You're not winning a game without communication between one another um, and without keeping the ultimate goal in mind. Does that kind of make sense? No, that makes good sense. So that's how I, I try to break it down to people. Because um, sometimes you can even question, what's our role at the church? What's the role of the local church? Mm-hmm. Why does having a pastor matter? Do I really need to be submitted to a pastor? Dang, that's a subject for a different day. Yeah. But our same question back to you. Um, what would you say to... Someone who says, you know, I I have my own relationship with God. I don't I'm good on the church. I don't need the church. Yeah. Well, first I say I completely hear you. I honestly and I didn't really grow up in the church. I didn't necessarily have parents who were in the church or always this taking me to church. This girl is churchy. We're not going to no, say No, 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 no. She is churchy. <laughs> I might be churchy. I'm not churchy. She but... broke out. She got eyes on a sparrow okay. a few seconds ago. But if okay. I'm churchy, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I say that to also add that I wasn't really going to church faithfully, maybe until I was in high school. And even then, you know, I'm in high school, so I don't think I was going every Sunday. 
And then when I got to college, even then it was okay, maybe like once or twice a month. And I didn't really recognize the importance of that because I also felt, well, I love God. I know God. I can read my Bible in my own time and do different things. And I was constantly traveling and living alone. And I was 100%. I can do life alone. And that's okay with me. It wasn't until I moved to Michigan and really had the opportunity to live in one place for an extended period of time and actually join a church that I realized what a difference in your life it makes. And it just becomes even more clear to me how when God says to do certain things, he's not just saying it because he wants to see if we really do love him, if we're going to listen. Like, no, it's really for us and to get the most out of our life here on earth. And so that's the biggest thing that I would say is God really does. <laughs> he's looking at me. God really knows what he's talking about. That's first. And also he has so much more for any of us than I think we really truly know. And people are going to test you. They, they may hurt you, but they're also going to strengthen you and they're going to encourage cool. you and you know, when you look at your life as a whole, you don't chalk it up, hopefully, to all the bad things that happen. You know, you're going to remember it for all the wonderful and amazing things that happen. And I think that's the same way your relationships are, because I didn't anticipate how much I needed people. And that, yeah, it comes with bad stuff, but it also comes with the good stuff. And life is not easy. And you're going to need people who love you and who are in your corner. And don't confuse love with always rooting for you and pushing you on everything that you want to do. Cause that's not true. Somebody could love you and not back you up on certain things. And somebody could, you could love somebody and not support them in everything they're going to do, but you're going to need people in your life who are there for you because it does get hard. You better share that wish though. <laughs> you're going. Well, I'm just, it really does. I think I didn't realize it going through college and going through my life, but now having the time to really be a part of a church and to have family it just makes such a big difference when somebody you don't really know comes up to you and say like, hey, I was praying for you. Is there something mm -hmm. you need? Like, I can help you. I, I'm willing to support you. And I'm like, hey, like, I know we just met last week. Are you sure? Yes, I love wow. you. Like, you're a part of this church. And that's so worth, you know, somebody maybe judging you one time. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that that's all that happened because people really do go through some real hurt at church. But. Go for it. It's so worth it to build yeah. a family, and we need it, all of us. That's, you really said a lot of wisdom. I hope the people maybe even back this up and slow it down a little bit to catch everything you said. Uh, one of the key points I think you mentioned is that church is not perfect, and y'all, I promise, it's not going to be perfect no matter what church you go to, no matter where you're at no matter who the pastor is, no matter how great the choir sings or the um, praise team sings, it's not going to be a perfect church. The mm -hmm. church is full of imperfect people. And the blessing there is you're in this community together. And much like Morgan is saying, I've been blessed by being a part of that community countless times, more times than I can even imagine. There's times when I've hit rock bottom, um, and that's when I realized I, when I hit rock bottom, surprising to me at the time, I didn't want to go to anywhere but my church. I just wanted to be around worship of God, 
around people who believe in the same God that I believe in because I didn't have anything else to hold on to. Um, and that same time, those are people who were able to build me up and be with me through that season of hurt, no matter what season that was. And I've had times where I was on a high horse and feeling great about everything. And you have some wise people who will pull you to the side and say, don't, don't ride this way for too long, right? Because the way life goes, you're going to be down again. You're going to go through another storm soon. So don't don't let this get you too geeked up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so community is amazing. It's been an amazing part of my growth and God. And God blesses community. God ordains community. I can't stress that enough. There's, I, I haven't, I'm sure Morgan does too. Even she just mentioned it. There's so many times I've been blessed from the community of believers. Um, tangibly, there was a time when I, I had no idea and I was questioning whether God wanted me to continue pursuing my collegiate degree. Um, and I like to, you know, sometimes I'm just like straight up and I test God, like, God, if you want me to keep doing this, you're going to have to pay for it because I ain't got it. Um, there was definitely a time I remember vividly of not having the resources to pay for college. And God, I'm like, I'm all out of options. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm, I'm right now, as of right now, I'm going to take this as a sign that you don't want me to keep going. You want me to stop until you show me otherwise. And literally a few days later at a service, a woman handed me a check of $2,000, which is exactly what I needed to register for classes for the next semester. Mm-hmm. She had no idea, right? And I've shared some of these stories with you before, but mm-hmm. there's so many stories of just blessing from community. God blesses community. Uh, he ordains it. It's a part of his structure for life. He did not call for us to live this life alone. Jesus himself had 12 disciples. He had 12 disciples that he counted on, that he relied on, that he did life with. Then he had an innermost three that he even told his intimate and most transparent moments with. Um, God is all about community. So I think it's very important Uh, I think you would agree. I think it's very important if you're in this case, you're in this boat, this relates to you, where you claim a relationship with Jesus, but um, you choose not to participate in a local church, uh, to join a family of believers. I would urge you to, first of all, pray. Pray about it. Truthfully pray about where you are with God um, and pray about your heart towards church. Because, again, I promise it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're walking into a place full of messed up people, no matter what church house you go to. Um, I'm messed up. Morgan's messed up. She's a little more messed up than me. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really, pray. I would say check your heart. Uh, you really need to talk to God and let God clear out your heart. Clear out some of those preconceived notions that you have, some of those past hurtful experiences. And I'm not underestimating your hurt. I'm not undermining your hurt because that's a true emotion. You can mm-hmm. truthfully be hurt. Um, and I'm, I promise you, I'm sorry to say, but you're going to be hurt again. Right. But a part of hurt comes to growth, you know, mm-hmm. and there is no growth without pain. I can attest to that vividly. I remember having a growth spurt and my legs and back <laughs> were killing me. It's not what I thought you were going to say. I don't know what you thought I was going to say, but um, growth hurts. Growth is painful. 
and you got to allow that hurt to come and you got to allow that hurt to be healed by God. Jesus was hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was Jesus not betrayed by a few of his disciples? Did not all of his disciples run away <laughs> besides Peter when the heat really cut on? Jesus got hurt many times. Jesus is on the cross and said, Father, why has thou forsaken me? That sounds like hurt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to be hurt. You're going to be hurt along this journey. But like Morgan said, I promise it's worth it. It's crazy as that sounds. So pray. Assess where you are with God. Assess where your heart is about the church truthfully. And then I, I urge you to seek a church home that God is calling you to. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to just go anywhere. Um, I do think that there's a, a beautiful relationship between shepherd and sheep, between pastor and flock, and a local gathering period. But where, if, as you seek God, the Bible tells you that he will find you. He will respond to you. So truthfully seek um, a place that you can go to that's not going to hurt where you are in your faith. Um, it's just going to nurture you and grow with you and allow you to grow with them. Anything you would add to that, Morgan? I've been talking too much. No, I think that's great. And I just wanted to also add that you know, it's okay to visit multiple churches. Yeah. And you may go to a church and they're absolutely the sweetest people. They're so nice and so loving, but it's really a decision that you make with God. And just go where you are led. And it's okay to experience different churches and to see because everyone is led to a different church and every kind of church has a different feel and I think that that's just good advice (laughs) because I don't want anybody to feel like you know wherever they go first or oh they were really nice to me I should probably go there right like no yeah it's ultimately a decision that you and God have to make uh let God lead you um and sound doctrine is so important that's the one thing that we're not gonna let be jeopardized the truth of Jesus Christ must be preached all right the full truth again continue to pray with god make sure you're reading the bible for yourselves Uh, that's so important to along your along your walk with christ but ultimately the truth cannot be jeopardized it cannot be watered down make sure you're attending a church where the full truth is preached that's so critical right otherwise you're going to be hurt in ways you don't want to be hurt yeah (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Any any final words? Any final remarks? I think we've covered it. Covered yeah, everything. I think so. We've been around the world today. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, just a, a final wrap up message, or you know, one point that you would like to drive home for your listeners? <laughs> a final wrap up message. Um, the walk with God is not easy. And I don't want to mess the scripture up, but I'm pretty sure it says it's a narrow path. It is a narrow it's, path. Yeah, it's a narrow path. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which really just means, you know, and everybody, let's just say it's a task, okay? And it's a fight. And I don't want anything anybody to believe that when you accept Jesus and you begin this walk with God, that it's going to be easy. But I just want to encourage you to keep going and to believe in God for more. And we are doing a wonderful plan about unexpected events that happen in your life. And, you know, what happened at a church when you went or with anybody may have been unexpected and it may not have felt good or been good. But don't let that 
determine what you're going to do with your future and determine the relationships that you create. So go out there and make find a family because, look, I love you. I don't even know you, but there are people who love you yeah, and are going to love you. Yeah. So go out there and be with your family. I think that's all I have to say. Hey, that was a great <laughs> last. I'm not going to even meet that. Uh, but my final thing, I urge you, if you are in this category that we have discussed today of people who are um, sort of have ill feelings or bad history or church hurt from the local church, I mean, you're kind of trying to straight, stay away and sort of do this independent individual faith walk. I urge you, first of all, to pray, um, to seek God and to seek his counsel. But know that we understand we get it. We've both been there at different stages of life. Um, and we're praying for you. We have hope in you. We love you, as Morgan said. Uh, but, but stay faithful to God and truly take time to seek him and seek what he wants for your life. Because you are wanted. You are worthy. You, are, you should belong to a, a place that makes you feel that love of God every time you walk in. Um, you should be one to contribute that love of God every time you walk in. So remain encouraged. Don't don't be discouraged. Uh, really take this as a sign of grace. Take this as God calling you um, to be in fellowship with him and hear from him about what he has for your life. The plans he has for you are much greater than the plans you have for yourself. Yeah. I think that's all. But uh, I would like to thank Morgan. You're so welcome. So thankful that you decided to join in. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. You really said some profound things. You surprised me. Did I? Oh, yeah, okay. okay. So, you know, you're doing your thing. <laughs> um, but any topics that you all would like us to cover, any other point, um, Feel free to email us. There's an Instagram page as well. You can message us on Instagram um, or send us an email at truth, the letter N, transparencypodcast at gmail.com. I know that's a lot. Uh, that's a long email, but, you know, I wanted it to be, I don't want you to email anybody else. I want it to be clear that you were emailing the podcast group. Thank you. God bless you. We love you. We're praying with you. We're praying for you. Yes. Until next time. See you later. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast. Man, I pray that you are blessed by the message. Feel free to email us any questions, any comments that you want us to cover at truth, the letter N, transparencypodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook page. Like, share, follow. Do all of that. Spread the word so we can continue to grow a community. Bless you. Until next time.